When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We would be honored if you would join us. Hey guys, how's it going? So tonight's episode finally picked things back up and got us on track with the transition of the Empire from the Republic, not to mention Gregor's opening scene. The episode in general covered a lot of things lore-wise and transcended the story quite far. I even saw some comments during the watch party saying it felt too rushed, and I have to disagree. Palpatine is moving things very fast at this point in the Empire, and he wants the clones out of there and the Stormtroopers in, which we saw the original concept art for the Stormtroopers from Ralph McQuarrie's original designs from the original trilogy. It's a lot of original. We're going to get to all of that, so let's go in order from the beginning of the episode. So we start with Gregor running with some hounds and finally getting captured by the Empire. This is surprising to see him, since we know that he got blown up in Season 5 of The Clone Wars. In Episode 12, we saw him take out a bunch of droids and blow up a bunch of red tanks, to which he sacrificed himself, and that was the end of that. Until, of course, we saw him in Rebels returning. And I gotta say, I always felt like his return in Rebels made too much of a comedic appearance compared to how badass he was in The Clone Wars. But it was great to see him once again. Once captured, we jump to the Bad Batch who are contacted by Rex, which is a great surprise, who needs them to get an old friend out of trouble, meaning Gregor, CC5576. Gregor is captured on Daro, and he sent a distress signal. Daro is a planet without any settlements, so it's quite odd that he's captured there since there really shouldn't be anything there, to which of course we know that there is an Imperial stronghold in the mountain. Tech mentions they're on a job for Sid, to which Omega once again, and look, I gotta say, and I don't wanna, I don't wanna rag on Omega, but I gotta say, my love for her is kind of dropping a little bit. I really, really liked her. I didn't like her in the beginning, then I really liked her, and then now I'm just kind of getting annoyed. She just kind of wants to, like, save everybody, I feel like. You know, everybody who's trying to kill them and kill her, she's like, oh, but we have to save them. It's like, well, no, don't you remember they were just trying to kill us? Like, you know, did you forget? Which then completely goes against what Hunter wanted to do, who is the leader, and he just kind of bends the knee to his so-called daughter, almost, because he, like, treats her like a kid. Anyways, they agreed to go save Gregor at Rex's request, which, of course, makes the episode interesting. Jumping to Kamino, we see Rampart and Crosshair, and boy, it feels like it's been so long since we've been back on Kamino. Rampart wants every clone mobilized, and as for the Kaminoans, well, he'll terminate them when the time is right, meaning when they have no more use for them, which is pretty much now. Nalase is escorting a pack of young clones, young bobas, if you will, off-world secretively. Clearly, she's trying to protect the clones and has a very soft spot for them. A love for them, like if they were her children. And it kind of reminds me of Dr. Pershing, who was very protective of the child in The Mandalorian. And it makes me think, you know, seeing as how the Empire recruited her, or actually ordered her to be part of the Imperial Scientist team, I suppose, that maybe she was training Dr. Pershing. Maybe she took him under her wing. 
and that's the reason he's so emotional and kind towards Grogu. Not treating him like some experiment, but rather like a child, like a being. Anyways, she meets with the Prime Minister, Lama Su, who tells her that the Empire has cut all contracts with them. So this means that Kamino is officially out of business, and they're not going to be able to make any more money, they won't be able to survive, and they plan to leave the planet in order to preserve their survival and avoid extinction. Now, if you haven't seen my video on all the interesting facts about Kaminoans, please go check that one out. I'm going to link it down below. It has a lot of interesting facts about Kamino the planet, which used to be a lush green planet, and the Kaminoans themselves, and how they didn't look the way they look now. In fact, they did a lot of experiments on themselves in order to preserve their life and to adapt to their new environment. So we now know that the Empire has officially moved on to conscripted stormtroopers, which we'll see in a little bit. They plan to find other clients to continue their livelihood, to which the Prime Minister says the Empire will probably terminate them anytime, which is true. Jumping to the Bad Batch, we land on Daro, and the Bad Batch use Hunter's abilities to hunt when they look for Gregor. This really reminded me of The Witcher, because it just feels like he's very good at tracking things. They notice something is inside that mountain, which is odd since the planet wasn't supposed to have any facilities, let alone a military base. They get a closer look and the boys see clone commandos, and the squads of clones are dressed in updated armor. Now we know from the end of the episode, these aren't clones, these are soldiers working for the Empire. Now this updated armor is Ralph McQuarrie's original concept art for clone troopers, and this is some sort of a hybrid thing until they actually change to the look of the stormtroopers that we saw in the original trilogy, when episode 4 came out, or the Star Wars came out in 1977. As they sneak through the halls inside, we get a close-up of the hybrid clone stormtroopers. Now the armor part aside, which I've mentioned a few times already, if you notice the music, we're now really heading into the time of the Empire, as we're getting very familiar music from the original trilogy. It was a very nostalgic feeling, and it was very nice. You know, regardless of story, I feel like the overall animation, the graphics, the quality, and the music just continuously improve every single episode. So Tech reveals that 50 clone troopers and 1,000 TK troopers are here at this base, to which they're quite surprised that that many beings would be here, and they still think these guys are clones. Now TK, they're confused what that even is, is the abbreviation code used to identify stormtroopers and Imperial personnel. Just as CT were clone troopers, or CC stood for clone commando or captain, TK is how stormtroopers were identified. Now the reason for this isn't too clear in my opinion, but I assume it's to give them a more German militaristic feel. Trooper Corps with a K. Or, as I saw online, a theory suggests that it's to announce that all Imperials learned Terras Kasi, which is a violent fighting style in Star Wars, but I highly doubt that. The Bad Batch free Gregor from his cell and they move out. Gregor wonders if their armor is indicative of them being clone commandos just like him, when he learns that they're actually Clone Force 99 and he says, huh, defective clones. Gregor was an instructor at this facility, so I'm guessing the clone commandos are purposed here to train the new stormtroopers of the Empire. Kind of like Nathan Aldrin was sent to train the Japanese in The Last Samurai. Tech sets off the alarm by mistake, and they take out a few of the TKs, removing their helmets, and they realize that they aren't clones, but they're actually the replacements. That's right, they finally realize that they are being replaced by regular humans. So once again, it's confirmed that stormtroopers are now entering the mix, and the transition process for changing the clones to the stormtroopers has really now taken full swing. 
Gregor explains that these recruits came from all over the galaxy, swearing loyalty and allegiance to the Empire. Now in Legends, or the Expanded Universe, they really did come from all corners of the galaxy. It wasn't just humans that were becoming stormtroopers, but aliens as well. Now Gregor explains something pretty interesting. The clones belong to the Republic, and now the Empire needs a new face, a new army, not indicative of the past, but of the present and the future of the Galactic Empire, of Palpatine's vision. He says these recruits aren't well trained or talented, but they are infinite in numbers essentially. And in Legends this checks out entirely. It's exactly what Palpatine wanted. He wanted a grand army, one that focused more on numbers than quality. To him, quantity beat quality. Gregor gets shot by what looks like Scorch from Republic Commando the game, which was a cool little easter egg until he gets taken out. Now you might be wondering how Gregor ended up here. He reveals that he was sent here with other commandos to train the new recruits and he realized what was going on. That they were training the replacements so he wanted out and the Empire didn't like that. So we can really see that the Empire is now actualizing their dictatorial ways. You either do what we say, be our slave, or you were terminated. The boys make their way to an opening as Omega pilots the ship with Wrecker to take them. So clearly she's been working on her piloting skills and she's becoming quite the well-rounded character. She's starting to really learn and master a lot of the things that she wasn't really all that great at. Wrecker blasts at the Imperials with real blasters, which was pretty funny to see since the Bad Batch were stunning them the whole time, kind of trying to like preserve their life and Wrecker just opens the door and doesn't really care, just does, just kills him. I guess this could also show that Wrecker is a little bit more savage or violent than his brothers, which makes sense because of his name. I like it. Gonk saves the day by powering the ship back up, and they make their way off the planet in a blaster-fired pursuit until Hunter falls out and gets captured. He orders the crew to leave him, which was a very hard decision, uh, of course, especially for Omega, which he does and gets taken away by the Empire. Rampart on Kamino tells the Prime Minister, Lamassu, that Nala Say, the scientist, the medic, has been trying to get medical personnel off-world to save them. Very disappointed, Rampart takes Nala Say in and says that the Empire could use a scientist cloner. I believe they will use her to clone Palpatine and Grogu and more experiments like that. So this is kind of cool that she's going with them and they're not killing her off because now we get to see exactly what her experiments are from Palpatine with the Empire. Depending if she's still alive, we could see her in Mando, which would also be pretty sweet. Maybe they're cloning more than just Palpatine or, you know, trying to tie it into the sequel trilogy with Snoke and all this and that. But maybe they're trying to clone, I don't know, like young Anakin. Or eventually they're trying to clone Luke, his hand. And we get a whole heir to the Empire and Dark Empire kind of thing. Maybe that would be pretty sweet. Imagine if a whole bunch of young Palpatines are created in between episode 6 and 7 and Luke has to fight that uh, sometime in the Mando or, you know, some spin-off show. Now, as I mentioned earlier, Nala Se seems to have rubbed off on Dr. Pershing as she was protecting the child, if you remember. Or, you know what, maybe this is just something that those in particular, those two, felt for their, not really patience, but their creations. We saw that with Dr. Pershing, who was trying to protect the child from Mando, from everybody in Mando Season 1. Rampart takes Nalase away, and it looks like two troopers are left to kill Lamasu, although we don't hear blaster fire. Hunter sits in his cell, cuffed, as Crosshair shows up, finally! 
Saddened the whole crew wasn't there for him, he opens the cell door and that part made, really it made me wonder, you know, why would he even do that? Why is he taking him? Where is he taking him? What is he going to do with him? Or is he going to free him? We're starting to see a bit of a common theme here that anyone who receives some sort of an explosion near them or some trauma to their head has something to do with the chip. It either gets activated if, if it's inactive or it gets deactivated if it's active. So my theory is that anybody who gets some sort of a hit to the head or, you know, is around some explosion that could maybe the electromagnetic waves could fry the chip in their brain. Maybe it's deactivated now and maybe Crosshair has just been playing the field in order to actually get close to his brothers and save them. Who knows? That'd be a cool little twist. That was the end of the episode, so what I think will happen next is Rex will come in and save the day with the Bad Batch and Gregor. This could be the death of Hunter this season. I feel like it will only progress Omega's struggle, and while I don't want that to happen because I really like Hunter, I believe that they may do this. Her character development could go really, really far going through these hardships and it would only accelerate her storyline as well because then she's more of a gritty and grungy character that's gone through a bit of darkness which is very relatable and it allows her to be a little more callous a little more tough and to learn things a little more quickly because she doesn't have any patience she doesn't have that innocence anymore and maybe the whole reason of her trying to save people constantly will be completely changed once hunter dies and we'll see how she's actually changed entirely. Now I believe Hauser, Gregor, all of these clones who defy Order 66 and think for themselves will rise up against the Empire and hopefully stand against the tyrannic rule of Palpatine. I believe in the final shot we could see Vader with Tarkin or just by himself as he commands the 501st which later were turned into Vader's fist with Stormtrooper armor. I hope you guys enjoyed this breakdown. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Let me know what you give it out of 10. I give it an 8.59 even. Um, please let me know your thoughts of the episode below, what you think will happen in episode 15. We only have two episodes left, and then hopefully we get another season of The Bad Batch, maybe next year. Have a great day. Thank you for watching this breakdown. Leave a like if you enjoyed it. Subscribe if you are new here, and I will see you in the next episode of Star Wars Theory. Until then, remember, my fellow Jedi and Sith friends, the Force will be with you always.